Hello, everyone. Assalamualaikum. Welcome to another episode of Myth Unscripted. Uh, this is your host, Kadir Motiwala. And today we have a special guest with us, uh, Jawad Mir. And unfortunately, his co-director, uh, Ahmed Ibrahimi, could not make it today. But uh, they are the directors of Citizen of Moria, which will be screening at Myth this year. And we're very, very excited about that. Now, before we get into the conversation, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about uh, Jawad, first and foremost. He is a multi-talented director and producer, and for him, telling a great story is always fought first. He has directed and produced several features all over the world, including Search of My Sister, um, Citizen of Moria, Baristas, Escape from Manus Island, and Only 78. His films have been acquired by the production house The Orchard and Samuel L. Goldwyn. He's also the host of Kingdom of Dreams podcast, which highlights news, analysis, and interviews with celebrities involved in Emblem and DreamWorks projects. Currently, he's developing a series on five pillars of Islam. So that is all really, really great. Um, Jawad, uh, why don't you give us a little bit uh, introduction about yourself? Say hi to the audience. Thanks for the introduction, uh, Kadir. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, seeing you at the screening on November 26th at 9.30 p.m. at uh, uh, MIF. Uh, I think in terms of introduction, you already gave that. So uh, I'm good with that. Thank you so much. Awesome. Yeah. And, and you know, unfortunately, of course, I mentioned that uh, your co-director, Ahmed Ibrahimi, couldn't make it. But, um, you know, a little bit about himself as well yeah, he's a filmmaker from afghanistan and he's worked as a tv producer and has made short films and documentaries as well he even at a uh, filmmaking workshop for youth in uh, different cities in afghanistan and uh, tajikistan and it's really incredible because in 2016 he left afghanistan to find a better life in europe and he ended up in one of the world's most notorious refugee detention centers maria so watching that story come to life right before your eyes uh, at MIF will be a will be a great treat for for all our viewers. Um, so very very excited today again uh, to have you on the podcast, Jawad. Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, it's, it gets gives us a chance to you know have us and our followers hear directly from you know the makers of Citizen of Moria. So I want to begin with just asking you you know out of all the projects you've done, which one really sticks out in your head? Um, it, it, that's a bit of a difficult question. I mean, they all stand out in different ways. Um, so, you know, for example, to put it in a nutshell, I guess what really attracts me, um, is an individual narrative and a story wrapped up around a bigger issue. So that is the key um, for me. I mean, the, all the projects that I've done, they stand out in their own little way. Um, you know, obviously the ones that currently we're talking about Citizen Amoria and simultaneously I directed In Search of My Sister, pretty much doing promotion for both of them all over the world right now. And those are fresh, so they stand out at the moment more than the others, but they all stand out in a in their in their own unique way oh, okay no i'm sure um and of course i guess to every filmmaker <laughs> everything they work on is near and dear to their heart in some way or the other um but for example with citizen of moria for example uh, when it's going to be screening on november 26th um mm -hmm. 
what really inspired you or both of you, Ahmed and you, to kind of make this film? Well, it was, um, I was introduced to Ahmed uh, literally when he got to Lesbos Island in Greece and he ended up in a Moria camp. I was introduced to him by a lady named Lori Cooper, who's also in the film. Uh, and she connected me to him and I had no idea at the time of a place called Moria Camp. Uh, and, you know, when when I looked into it and I spoke to Ahmed, we both decided that uh, we're going to take a bite at this and try to tell more of his story wrapped up around um, this bigger issue. When I did read about it at the time, all I read in the news was you know, how the locals are not welcoming refugees and they're mistreating refugees. And that's pretty much what the media narrative was. And but when I got there, I mean, just, you know, as a as a storyteller, you, you come to come to acknowledge this when you tell a lot of stories is that there's more some more than one side to a story. And when when I went there, I spoke to the locals and it wasn't things things changed over a certain period of time due to certain things and but it wasn't as uh, cut and dry as the media made it out to be and so it was very important for Emma and I both to tell a story which highlights the situation of Moria camp and uh, because media was just kind of covering it as a news piece they would come in they would do their story they'll move on they'll forget about it but for us, it was more important to get to the core of it. And we pretty much in our film don't shy away from going after everybody. And that, that was right. the whole that was the whole um, genesis of the film. OK, now that's that's very interesting. And then that kind of also, you know, makes me think about just representation uh, in movies specifically and, and documentaries and films. I guess over your time working as a director, is there anything that you've come across um, or any sort of film or documentary that really had like very little representation or was misrepresented in terms of just showing what the reality of the situation or even with uh, Muslims in, in the media or Muslims in the film industry? Have you come across any sort of, you know, bad representations that kind of, you know, motivated you to do what you do today um i mean that nothing like that has ever motivated me to do what i do um in terms of uh, misrepresentation i mean i my my viewpoint of that is a little bit different uh, mm -hmm. i i've always felt that um it's you know it, there's misrepresentation of everyone at a certain stage um in, in history and you know you look at um you look at in the 80s and the 90s if you go to the United States or Canada or, you know, the Western countries, there was a misrepresentation um, that all uh, blacks or African-Americans are, mm -hmm. you know, gang members. Right. And, and then after 9-11, it was all Muslims are terrorists. And now mm -hmm. it's like all white people are white supremacists. So that that kind of thinking, um, I try to stay away from uh, completely. Mm -hmm. I have never come across anything personally. Uh, okay. I'm sure people people may have um, misrepresent. I mean, representation. I think in South Asian culture, um, 
has a lot to blame to, in my view, to South Asians themselves, but it's kind of changing now because, you know, it's, it's, if you look at even 15 years ago, art or 10 years ago in South Asian homes wasn't considered, you know, as the go-to career. Um, right. E- even now it is, and uh, sure. it's, it's gotten better. So I think that is changing a lot. Uh, more people are getting into it and it's being looked upon as a proper career more than before but not 100 percent. and i'm sure that will change over time mm-hmm. yeah that that makes sense and okay so and, and maybe we can reshape the the question then specifically to uh, muslims and the south asian community like you know growing up as you said there's it, it, the art wasn't really the go-to so um has the typical you know stereotype and discrimination against Muslims and South Asian communities personally impacted you at any point in your life or even your career? No, not me personally, ever. Okay. Um, okay. I, I've been, I have never come across anything um, like that. And uh, I, I, like I said earlier, I, I try not to think about those kind of things. I know they, they exist for uh, people, but I, mm-hmm. I always feel that if you, if it if it does even happen to you, and if you start thinking about it too much, then you start going in the wrong direction, as opposed to the direction of trying to make your career uh, a bit more better. So it's 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 it's, and I get it. It's it's painful, like you know, when people say right. things to you. I'm sure it is, but you just have to sort of keep moving. I think that's that's a secret to moving forward in life, whether it's film or engineering or anything like that. Right. So I get. So what what made you go into filmmaking in the first place? Like, how did you decide that career path? Sure. Up? Yeah. So I was a uh, Jurassic Park had came out back in nineteen ninety three, and I was really classic. <laughs> yeah, and I was really interested in watching it. Uh, but you know, back in the day, movies didn't come out on video or VHS. I mean, there was no DVDs back then. The right away. Right. So I had to wait. 16 months for it to come out on VHS and uh, during wow. that time I became extremely familiar with uh, Steven Spielberg's work and I pretty much watched every single TV show movie that he produced and directed and yeah. um, and that was it and then from that that there, there on I went to university for to study IT management and uh, there I took a course in uh, HTML which is like the language of making web pages mm-hmm. I mean now it's so easy but back then it was like hard code uh, right. uh hard coding and i i made this website on steven spielberg and um i took a course and i i, I flunked the course and i had to take it again and i flunked it again but i showed my professor this little website that i had made and he passed me on practical work and but that website wow. sort of became like a huge deal because between 1997 and 2007 that kept me connected to the film world even though i wasn't necessarily making films uh, between right. 1997 and 2003 um, right. my website sort of turned into a really massive dreamworks studio fan site uh, where i was invited to press junkets movie sets uh, oh, wow. you know, premieres and stuff and and it it, it kind of kept me connected to the art of uh, storytelling and right. um, and that's sort of been my journey in terms of you know doing what i'm doing right now Awesome. That that's actually really really cool. And yeah, Steven Spielberg is is 
I mean, it's a great inspiration as well too. Like, you know, movies like Saving Private Ryan as well. Indiana mm-hmm. Jones is a classic. So I'm sure there's a lot of different, you know, inspirational moments you've taken from that. But that's that's really cool that you've kind of just, you know, from a, from a course you've flung to, to, you know, having that little website going, that's actually that's very interesting. And it's a good turn of events for you, I guess. It worked out, right? Um, sure. But uh, I guess uh, then we can move on to, you know, asking you a little bit about, um, you know, the five pillars of Islam that uh, currently you're working on a new project. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, sure. I mean, I'll just give you a basic, basic uh, outline. Don't want to talk too much about it this time, but right. you know, I, I always find that um, there is a lot of. Again, this is just personal preference. Uh, I always find that the stuff that there's out there in terms of storytelling, it's uh, when it comes to um, anything to do with Islam. Um, not I'm not talking about narrative films. I'm talking about documentaries. It's extremely one dimensional. Like it's just not. It, it doesn't. It doesn't really explore the vulnerabilities of um, individuals or storytelling. It's just, and I and, and I think that's a huge problem with the South Asian culture too. Is that many of the films that you'll see, whether it's feature documentaries or even narrative films, is that it's it's difficult for filmmakers sometimes or they shy away i believe from from exploring vulnerabilities of individuals or characters and right. uh, that that's that's a complete opposite of what art really is because in art you're supposed to do that you're supposed to explore um all uh facets of a story so with five pillars um it's you know we all know what five pillars are i, I don't need to you know, tell anybody what they are, but it's more about from a standpoint of individual stories of people uh, and uh, their perception about uh, the pillars of uh, Islam. And that sort of that's the angle that we are um, going in direction of, and we have been developing it for quite some time. And uh, hopefully we're looking to have this completed in the next year and a half to two years. Right. And yeah, no, I definitely agree. I mean, uh, even myself as a viewer, um, for us, I think when we're watching something or a documentary or a movie or what it may be, but having those vulnerabilities uh, has an impact on us in terms of relating to the character, right? And I feel like like if you're more open to exploring those vulnerabilities and uh, finding those holes in, in a person, it kind of be like, hey, you know, this is mm-hmm. something that I also struggle with, and it gives the viewers a better connection with the movie. Absolutely, and that kind of goes back to your first question too. Is that you know one of the reasons that m- there's many reasons, but in my view, one of the main reasons that Muslims are uh, not understood properly is because our stories are very uh, mushy, mushy. You know, there's yeah. not there's we we are too everybody shies away from highlighting the real issues and they're ridiculous amount of real issues uh, in islam in south asian culture and you know and and i that's what differentiates i mean if you look at if you look at other communities like for example if you look at uh jerry seinfeld you know he's jewish Mm -hmm. and he makes fun of everybody including himself Right. And that's comedy and vulnerabilities are two things that audience connects with. And yeah. unfortunately, in the South Asian culture, 
Um, vulnerability is something that we do not touch upon in any way. We're just too mm. afraid to touch that. Yeah, and and I, I want to ask, right, just in your experience, because uh, looking at, say, South Asian community, even Islam specifically, because, you know, when, when people look at Islam, like, you, you look at that religion, but, uh, you know, when you're scared to kind of show the reality of Muslims and South Asians, like, we, have, we make a lot of mistakes. Like, we're, you know, it's a lot of us in the community do some things that, you know, Islam doesn't teach, but that's unfortunately the reality, right? But why do you think, you know, filmmakers or, um, you know, people who make documentaries, anyone is is scared to show those? Is it because they're afraid of the backlash from the, from the community or any sort of like, you know, skepticism or criticism that they'll receive? I think it's, it is partially that, yeah, but I think it's also one reason is um, a lot of storytellers, uh, whether it's painters or authors or filmmakers, they they try to take the easy path, and uh, that's that's not the way to tell a story. I mean, if if you're creating art, if you're creating a film, and it's not disturbing an audience member, you're not making the correct art. You're supposed to. You're supposed to make people question. Um, you know, and yeah, I I, I get it. Like you know. And there's also that pressure that, you know, what what would happen if I do this? I'll be perceived wrong by the other Muslims. Maybe I'll be banned. Maybe I'll be kicked out. And personally, I nobody's saying that you need to go out and insult Islam or uh, Muslims. But let's just face it. Muslims in the world right now are in the position that we are is because we don't address our own problems and we always blame everybody else mm, okay. that's that's something in films that needs to be highlighted and i and i i'm not sure what the reason is i think maybe another reason is that they're too afraid to put muslims in negative light for, as they already are but mm. when you show vulnerabilities um even if your character you know you look at i'm, I'm trying to think of an example um you look at a film like um um, I, I don't know if you've seen the series Breaking Bad. I have, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Okay, so I mean, it's about it's about a, a family member who gets diagnosed with cancer, and he goes to creating, um, right? Uh, you know, basically a drug a drug distributor, and he has ridiculous amount of flaws, and you want to hate the guy, but you also can't resist liking him, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what humans are. All of us are, and we we need to show vulnerabilities i mean it's it's not that you're trying to offend anybody you have to show vulnerabilities otherwise we will always stay in the stage that we are and we'll never move forward i society is any culture or any uh group of individuals or people are mainly especially nowadays and ever ever before is mainly perceived through media mm-hmm. and that's yeah. why you know you to look at media right now we're always talking about you know, media is always talking about there's so much Islamophobia, there's so much that that same media is the media that actually created that after 9-11. Right. Yeah, so that's yeah, the, that's yeah. the kind of impact media and story has. So we mm-hmm. it, it is important to explore those vulnerabilities without and, and dealing it in a very sensitive way and without having any kind of bias uh, view. But you have to be objective, even if it's something that you disagree with. You have to be right. objective. 
Yeah, no, very, very true. And and this is this is very interesting. Such uh such an interesting viewpoint that you kind of put into perspective as well. And it kind of gets me thinking a little more about you know the filmmakers uh, themselves and their personal moral compass, and also if they're if they're Muslims themselves, because uh with all this uh, going on in the world and the the light that us as Muslims and South Asians are in, uh. I think, or I assume, it would be difficult for a Muslim filmmaker or a South Asian filmmaker to also kind of break those boundaries and step over that line, uh, battling with their own moral compass, because they wouldn't want to obviously put Muslims in a negative light. And being a Muslim as well, it it also either may hurt them or their progression as a Muslim and their career, um, versus just again, you know, just receiving all the kind of negativity from you know outputting that film if they decide to do that but just that battle between their own moral compass i think that would be a real thing you know yeah no 100% and i think again it goes back to i i have these kind of conversations with a lot of people on a regular basis that one thing that we and i've said this and i'll say this again we focus too much about two things um as as south asians slash or muslims is what will the society think? And yeah, true. One, and and number two, everything that is going wrong in my life is either because I'm Muslim or is either because I'm brown or is either because I'm this or that. Mm. Maybe that that might be, but fall into that kind of thinking, you're not doing mm-hmm. anybody a favor, but true. you're actually hurting your own chances. And I I I, I just don't think that. Yeah, you know, I, I, we see it in news. I mean, you know, there are, there are obviously problems out there. I mean, uh, um, you know, w- when I moved to Canada, uh, things were a lot different than they are now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, back then there weren't that many South Asians or even Muslims as there are right now. The amount of you know number of people that there are, and the idea that you are always trying to find an scapegoat if you're film fails or if your story doesn't get made or anything or if you don't get a job that that is so self-destructive that Mm -hmm. you will keep doing that for the rest of your life and you'll never move forward everybody has problems everybody has issues everybody goes through a lot of um you know stereotypes okay that's life i'm not saying don't you know don't stand up against it do so but True. don't let yourself use that as an excuse not to move forward because the only reason that you're not moving forward is because of your own um you know deep down self-aware consciously knowing that either you are don't want to and you're using someone else as an excuse or you're just too um for the lack of a better word lazy to do so so i i think that's mm. that's the key that we need to stop for blaming everybody else and i'm not even talking about art if you look at you know the world in general muslim muslim yeah. countries always blame somebody else always right. they mm-hmm. never you look at the situation in pakistan you never self do self-assessment and that's mm-hmm. a core thing that you have to make yourself better and do self-assessment what you're doing wrong instead of focusing on what others may be doing that is affecting you no yeah i, uh, I agree like um very interesting perspective on, on that, I guess, you know, going forward, like a, a message to all of us individually as well and all South Asians and Muslims out there is just, you know, being unapologetically yourself and, you know, not to worry so much about, you know, 
things that people say about you and the discrimination because you're you're right like everyone it's his life right like at the end of the day it's you know as as cutthroat as it sounds like you have to get up and keep going right because everyone faces that kind of backlash and discrimination at some point in their life man everyone's different so just you know getting up and moving forward with do what you have to do kind of thing right so um Absolutely. but uh yeah and you know we're we're coming to an end i know this is just a very interesting conversation so uh you know coming to an end i just want to ask you a couple more questions we'll Sure. navigate back to just you know working with uh, ahmed as well or ahmed Yeah. um but have you ever worked jointly on another film with or before like with anyone or was this your first time and if so how was your experience working with a co-director Sure. Yeah, no, it was my first time. Um, I, I've never done this before, and uh, but it was very important from the very beginning um, when we started talking. It was just a very organic thing where we both kind of said, "This is how it's going to be," um, and it was it was good because we, even though Ahmed and I had very you know similar interest in films and. Uh, similar interest and uh, similar viewpoints, a lot of things. There are a few things that we, we disagreed on and that's fine. I mean, that's just, you need people in your life to disagree with, otherwise you'll never move forward or you never question yourself. So Mm -hmm. we, we had some disagreements, but I think that's where the film, um, have you seen the film? I'm assuming you have. Mm -hmm. I have not seen it yet, no. Okay, I, so I won't, uh, I won't give anything away. Um, it, it, it has a balanced point of view, right? So if there was ever... um it, it it questions like i said earlier it, it goes after charity organizations it goes after ngos it goes after locals it goes after even refugees it goes Right. it goes after everybody and Right. and when you're when you're telling the truth you have to keep that in mind and i think you know there were some times where Emma would disagree with me or I, I would disagree with Ahmed and we, we would come to terms it was a very very easy process but I think a lot of credit goes to Ahmed in a sense that to be able to
viewers to take away from this docu documentary on uh, November 26th once they, once they see it? I think what Ahmed and I both would want to take uh, people to take away from this documentary is, um, well, let me speak about myself. I shouldn't speak for Ahmed. Mm -hmm. But uh, first, let me speak about myself. Um, for me, the most important thing is even though this film is about Europe and Afghan refugee, is that don't buy into what you see on TV until you have done thorough research yourself. Um, that could be in the form of news, that could be in the form of films, whatever. Uh, even after people see our film, I, I want people to go and do research on their own. Don't take my word for it. Um, but that is very important. We live in such a polarized world where you see something that you agree with without doing any research. You're like, yep, that's how it is. And it applies to both left and right. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's missing from our society right now. You know, people don't do their due diligence and research. And I get it. People have jobs and whatnot. But still, before you form a public opinion on something, you need to do research and you need to be objective um, and, uh, and and understand each other and empathy. Not sympathy, empathy. Empathy is very important, especially with people who you disagree with. It is so important to have empathy for people you disagree with as opposed to the people you do agree with. Um, mm -hmm. And I think for Ahmed, if I could speak for him, it would be he and I both had this thing that we want to use this film to make the world aware of what's happening at this camp, but as well as other refugee camps. I mean, there's there's dozens, if not hundreds of other refugee camps around the world. And, you know, life life is not, we, we complain about not getting a new phone or, you know, um, a new car. And it's it's not, that's not life. You know, those are meaningless things. Um, and when you see this film, you will understand how even in the worst of situation, one person is able to uh, deal with it in the most... Um, what's the word I'm looking for, in the most courageous way, but at the same time, being a human being breaks apart. Right, right. Okay. Interesting. I'm definitely very, very excited to uh, you know, see this film. And I, I like you said, um, in terms of just, you know, doing your own research for, for the viewers, because I think nowadays, like the whole, you know, even though it's a, a documentary or, you know, somewhat, realistic perspective the the whole idea in general is you know don't you know don't believe anything you see on tv or don't believe everything you watch kind of thing even though you guys have also done your research and kind of portraying the truth in some way or the other but i, I like that caveat that you put out there even after watching your movie people should still do their research so i think this is just that general narrative that you know always do your research before watching anything so uh, you know, I appreciate you pointing that out. Um, definitely looking forward to watching the film on November 26th. Um, but this is this is it. This, uh, we've, we've come to the end of our podcast. Um, you know, thank you so much, Jawad, uh, for taking out the time to have a conversation with me. Uh, I really, really enjoyed talking to you. And I learned a lot about, you know, your perspectives and, you know, from our discussion about filmmaking, the challenges, you know, us as Muslims, South Asians, um, and even creatives uh, in the industry face and just about your film in general. So I'm um, looking forward to seeing it. 
um, on November 26th at MIF, as I'm sure all of our attendees are. And to our listeners out there, uh, be sure to follow MIF on Instagram and Twitter for regular updates and also on Spotify to hear our latest podcast episodes. And if you'd like to purchase tickets to uh, the screening of Citizen of Moria at this year's festival, you can do so on our website at uh, www.MuslimInternationalFilmFestival.com. Uh, thank you, Jawad, once again. Uh, thank you. Hoping to see you. Yeah, hoping to see you soon, see your film. Um, and we look forward to charity in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time and looking forward to meeting everyone and seeing you guys. Thank you so much. All right. Cheers. Bye, everyone.